Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Hey, it's Mike again. I'm read some more out of the, at Henry's book. The greatest lie on earth. Proof that our world is not a moving globe. Edward Henry. And what were we reading about? This is uh, back in 369. Indeed, the Vatican has announced that Christians should not evangelize Jews on December 11, 2015. The Guardian reported by the way, it is supposedly 2016 and uh, supposedly September the 12th. Catholics should not try to convert Jews and should work with them to fight anti-Semitism, which is a more Jesuit casualty sophistry. Now, the Jesuits, the Vatican has said that a major new document has that draws the church further away from the strained relations of the past. As they commit fornication with the harlot. Christianity and Judaism are intertwined. And God never annulled his covenant with the Jewish people, said the document from the Vatican's commission for religious relations with the Jews and other small Jesuits officer. Uh, quote, the church is therefore obliged to view evangelism to Jews who believe in one God, which is Satan or Lucifer, in a different manner from the people of other religions and worldviews, it said. In concrete terms, this means the Catholic Church neither conducts nor supports any specific institutional mission work directed towards the synagogue of Satan, called Jews. The report also said that while it was only thanks to Christ's death and resurrection that all people have a chance for salvation, Jews can benefit from this without believing him, which is a flat-out lie. The authors appear to acknowledge that they are effectively squaring a theological circle. Squaring the circle, there's some <laughs> occultic symbology and esoteric. However, since now, since how Jews can be saved while not believing in Christ, quote, remains an unfathomable mystery in the Salvitic plan of God, end quote. The position of the Vatican towards the Jews is part of parcel of the Christian Zionism movement that has also taken hold of many of the 
Protestant denominations as we lead towards Mystery Babylon to reform the Babylonian root religion and the whole. For further information, the Jewish influence over both the Catholic Church and Protestant Church, read the author's book, Bloody Zion. Christian Zionism is directly contrary to the Great Commission given by Jesus. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Teach them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Matthew 28, 19-20. Fundamental salvific doctrine of the Catholic Church is unbiblical, therefore ineffective anyway. The Roman Catholic Church requires faith plus works, whereas the true gospel requires faith in Jesus Christ. The Catholic doctrine of faith plus works is very seven-day Adventist and very much legalistic and Judaizer, Judaizing. The gospel requires faith in Jesus Christ. The Catholic doctrine of faith plus works is the same doctrine as the Jewish Gnostics who argued that obedience to the law was necessary for salvation. Paul, on the other hand, states emphatically that the works of the law will not justify a person. Knowing that a man is not justified by works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by faith in Christ, not by the works of the law, but by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified, Galatians 2.16. Justification is by God's grace through faith alone. Quote, for by grace ye are saved through faith, that not of yourself it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And to quote Ephesians 2, 9, 8 and 9, for more detailed information on salvation, the grace of God alone, read anti-gospel, the perversion of Christ's grace gospel. The Vatican states that, quote, how Jews can be saved while not believing in Christ remains an unfathomable mystery in the salvatic plan of God, end quote. It is a mystery in the same way that all lies are mysterious to those being deceived. God's word makes it clear, however, that there is no salvation for Jew or Gentile aside from Jesus. Quote, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me, end of quote, John 14, 6. There is only one way to salvation, and that is by grace, by the grace of God through faith in Jesus Christ, Ephesians 2, 8. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life, end of quote, 1 John 5.12. There is not a separate means of salvation for the Jew and another for the Gentile. There is only one means of salvation for both. Quote, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus, end of quote, Galatians 3.28. 
All who are saved by grace through faith are Abraham's spiritual seed, i.e. Christians. Quote, and if ye be Christ, be Christ, then ye are Abraham's seed, and heirs according to the promise, in the quote, Galatians 3.29. To refuse to evangelize the Jews is a sin, as it is disobeying the direct command from God to, quote, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And quote Mark sixteen fifteen. Jesus is not did not say to preach only to Gentiles. He commanded that the gospel be preached to every creature, include that includes Jews. Preaching of the gospel is the means God uses uses to save. Without preaching the word of God, there is no salvation. The preaching must be to both the Jew and the Gentile. Jesus is the Lord over all men. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, and that name is Jesus Christ. Who then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard. And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, the Lord, for Isaiah said, saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Romans 10, 11 through 17. G. Richard Fisher succinctly explains, succinctly <laughs> explains the implications of the Christian Zionist theology that has infected both the Catholic Church and the Protestant churches. Quote, if the early church had taken this view that Jews are saved just by being Jews. There would have been no Christians in Jerusalem, Judah, Judea, Samaria. When Paul was converted, God would have violated his own plan. Under this view, Jesus would not have had apostles, and there would not be a church today. These logical results seem to escape the purveyors of this form of Christian Zionism, which is neither Christian nor Zionist. The false gospel of the Jews can gain entrance into heaven aside from faith in Jesus Christ. It's the same fallacious Jewish doctrine that God repudiated doctrine that God repudiated in the true gospel. Jesus told the Jews that if they truly followed the teachings of Moses, they would accept him as their Messiah, because Moses wrote of him. See John 5, 39, verses 46-47. Jesus further told the Jews that, quote, if ye believe not, that I am he, Christ, ye shall die in your sins, end quote. John 8, 24. 
Peter told the Jews that salvation only comes through Jesus Christ. Quote, neither is there salvation for any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved, end of quote. Acts 4.11. The Vatican is making the same claim for the Jews that Jesus refuted in the Gospel of John. Jesus started out by telling the Jews that if they were his disciples, they wouldn't know the truth and be set free from sin. John 8.31-32. The Jews objected and argued that they were not in bondage it had no need to be set free because they were Abraham's seed, John 8.33. And it's at 33, huh? A very much a Freemasonic message too, isn't it? They argue that by virtue of their status as the physical descendants of Abraham, they were in no need of a savior. They claimed that God was their father by virtue of of their physical lineage from Abraham, John eight thirty nine through 41. Dear God, in the name of Jesus, my Lord Savior, be merciful to me and be merciful to the Jews. Whatever of your saints are stuck in the Judaism and Roman Catholicism, I ask of you, please, humbly that you will relieve them from the bondage and come out of her. Oh, my Lord. How I pray that my fellow brothers and saints in God and you, God, will come out of this satanic Babylonian system. Oh, it seems so secure at the time, but how snared and trapped they are. The only hope is you and putting faith in you. Nothing that we could do, guys, there, God. And praise you, God, that there is nothing we can do for, that we can just, by you, be saved by your gracious gift of faith. Thank you, God. John the Baptist told the Jews from the beginning that their lineage from Abraham would not help them. Quote, and think not to say within yourselves, we have Abraham to our father, for I say unto you, God is able to is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. End of quote. In Matthew three nine, Jesus made clear to the Jews that their father was the devil, and that if God were truly their father, they would love him. John eight forty two. Those without the Son are also without the Father. The claim by the Christians, by Christian charlatans like John Hagee, that the Jews have redemption other than by grace of God through faith in Jesus Christ, is impeached by Scripture. The Jews deny Jesus is the Christ, and therefore they do not have the Father and are, by definition, antichrist. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist who denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. And he that acknowledges the Son hath, uh, hath the Father also. First John 2, 23 and 24. 
The Christian Zionist dual covenant theology serves to kill any mission by, quote, Christian, end quote, Zionists to spread the gospel to the Jews. Why would the Jews come to Christ if they are told by the Christian Zionists that their conversion is irrelevant to their salvation? If you are nationally saved without Jesus Christ anyway, what is the point of believing in Jesus Christ? The Vatican is not alone in this devilish subterfuge. Stephen Paas, that's P-A-A-S, revealed in his book, Christian Zionists Examined, that some Christian Zionist missionary groups do not consider their activities in Israel as a mission, but simply as, quote, meeting with Israel, end of quote. They do not see the conversion of the Jews to Christ as part of their mission. Paaz concluded that the following about the missionary activities of the, quote, Christian, end of quote, Zionist Center, of, uh, Center for Israel Studies, CIS, well, their first priority is not leading Jews to Christ, but listening to and learning from the Jews in Judaism, end of quote. What are the teachings of the Jews and, and Judaism to which Paas refers? The Jewish teachings followed by, quote, Christians, end of quote, Zionists, are found in the Talmud, which in Sanhedrin Folio 90. A provides that all Jews, quote Israel, end of quote, are guaranteed a portion in the world to come. According to the, quote, Christian, end of quote, Zionist thought, there is no point in evangelizing the Jews since they are already guaranteed entrance into heaven without Christ. And so, so say the authoritative Jewish doctrines found in the Talmud. Jews view, quote, Christian Zionists as, quote, un, a useful idiots, end of quote, which is a prerogative phrase used by communists to describe Gentile communist propagandists who do not understand the Jewish goal behind communism. Jews have a secret that they keep from, quote, Christian, end of quote, Zionists. According to the previous mention, uh, tractate and the Talmud, Sanhedrin Folio 90a, Christians who are described as those who read the New Testament, uncanonical books, canonical books, uncanonical books, according to the Talmud, have no portion in the world to come. In fact, Jews have a particular hatred for Christians. The hatred by Jews against Christians is so intense that Jews are taught to utter a curse when passing a Christian church, calling on their heathen god Hashem, Hashem, H-A-S-H-E-M, to, quote, destroy this house of the proud, end of quote. Elizabeth Dealing explained, quote, the religious Orthodox Jew recites the 18 benedictions, or Shemana Esra, Three times, three times week, three times weekdays, four times on holidays and Sabbaths, the seventh and the twelfth of which curse the Christians and non-Jews to hell and perdition. Thus, the good Orthodox Jew gives us Christian 
six cursings and an ordinary day on ordinary days and eight on special on specials. End of quote. The Halakha, which is H A L A C H A, Jewish religious law, is that it is forbidden for a Jew to engage in any of the religious practices of Christians. The Jews sit smugly meeting with Christian, then quotes Zionists, firm in their belief that the Christians are damned to hell while they are guaranteed entrance into heaven without believing in Jesus Christ. But, excuse me, by not evangelizing the Jews, they quote Christian Zionists are unwittingly acceding to the laws of the Jews and lending a degree of authenticity to the Antichrist Jewish teachings. The point of church missionary activity should be to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. However, the Christian Zionist goal uh, it's the Christian Zionists go out of their way to avoid doing that very thing. Pass includes quote Western Christian organizations in Israel often limit themselves to activities of dialogue, study, representation, or support, end of quote. The Vatican implies that evangelizing Jews is a form of anti-Semitism. On contrary, to refuse to spread the gospel to the Jews is the purest form of anti-Semitism. To withhold from the Jews the gospel, which is the only means for their salvation, is unadulterated hatred towards the Jews. The Christian Zionists deliberately violate Jesus' command to go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Mark 16.15 The Christian Zionists are the very instrument being used by Satan to keep the Jews in spiritual bondage by convincing them that they are part of a unique plan by God simply by virtue of their status as Jews. Despite their claims to love the Jews, Papas concludes that failing to communicate Christian-given insights to the Jews is lacking love for them. In ancient Palestine, the Jews worked hand-in-hand with the Romans to crucify Christ. And there it is. There is the power structure. And it hasn't changed since this happened, whether it was 2,000 years ago or 17,000 years or 1,700 years ago or 1,000 years ago or 500 years ago. Looking more like 1,700 years ago, but I don't know. I'm so good at screwing around with us and changing history and all that, dates, who knows. But that is what you need to know. Jews and Romans crucified Christ, and they've still been doing it to this day. Now, the Jews work hand-in-hand with the Roman Catholic Church in their effort to eradicate Christ's gospel. The great harlot of Babylon in Revelation 17.5 has mystery written upon her forehead. She is called Babylon because she is Babylonian. She is 
a mystery because she is masquerading as the Christian religion. Uh, Christian labels have been applied to Babylonian paganism to come up with the mystery religion we know as the Roman Catholic Church. Both the Talmudic Jews and the Vatican share that common Babylonian root. The Jesuits nurtured the Babylonian Kabbalism Kabbalism and Roman Catholic doctrine. The similarities between the imperious Horish woman and Ezekiel 16.14-40 and the mother of harlots in Revelation 17.5 are unmistakable. They are one and the same. The Roman Catholicism is the esoteric version of the Babylonian Judaism. The Roman Catholic appears gentle to the uninitiated, but it is Jewish to its core. Orthodox Judaism appears to the uninitiated to be Old Testament theology, but it is actually Babylonian to its core. Extreme oath of the Jesuits, which gives the Jesuit priest, given to the Jesuit priest when he is elevated to a position of command, contains the following provisions. I declare and swear that His Holiness, the Pope, is Christ's vicar regent and is true and only head of the Catholic Universal Church throughout the earth. End quote. Therefore, it, therefore, to the utmost of my power, here's another quote, therefore, but the utmost of my power, I shall, and this is still part of the Jesuit extreme oath, extreme oath of the Jesuits, I shall will defend this doctrine in His Holiness right and customs against all usurpers of the heretical and Protestant authority. Whatever, especially the Lutheran Church of Germany, which is in Holland, Denmark, and Sweden, and Norway, and now pretended authority of the Church of England and Scotland, the branches of the same now where I do now renounce and disown any allegiance as due to any hierarchical king, priest, prince, it's not priest, prince, or state named Protestant or liberals or obedience to any of their laws, magistrates, or officers. That I will go to any part of the world whatsoever without murmuring and will be submissive to all things whatsoever communicated to me, I do further promise and declare that I will, when opportunity presents, make and wage relentless war secretly and openly against all heretics, Protestants and liberals, as I am directed to do, to exterminate and uh, extirpate and exterminate them from the face of the whole earth, and that I will spare neither sex, age, nor condition, that I will hang, waste, boil, flave, strangle, and bury alive these infamous heretics, rip open the stomachs and wombs of their women, and crush their infants, heads against the wall, in order to annihilate forever their execrable race. That when the same cannot be done openly, I will secretly use the poisonous cup, the strangulation cord, the steel of the poignard, the leaden bullet, 
regardless of the honor, rank, dignity, and authority of the person or persons whatsoever may be their condition in life, either public or private, as I at any time may be directed so to do by any agent of the Pope or superior of the Brotherhood of the Holy Faith of the Society of Jesus. The Jesuits are the secret society, the secret army of the Roman Church. They are often referred to as Pope's militia. In fact, the leader of the Jesuit is called the Jesuit general. He is unlike any other leader of the Catholic order because the Jesuit general is independent of the Catholic bishops and cardinals. He answers directly to the Pope or vice versa. At this point, because the power and influence of the Jesuit general, he is known as the Black Pope. The Jesuit general has the purported authority to absolve persons of sins, of bigamy, murder, and any harm done to others as long as the matter is not publicly known and the cause of and the cause of the scandal. Wow, the Pope, uh, Pope. Gregory the Twelfth gave the Jesuits the authority to deal in commerce and banking, which has made the order quite wealthy. The popes have threatened princes, kings, and anyone else who interferes with the Jesuits with excommunication, Latte Sententia, in one of the most authoritative works on the Jesuits. J. Humber, professor of the Catholic theology, wrote, quote, Here is a proven fact that the constitutions of the Jesuits... Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Okay. That was a message on my phone. I'm sorry. I just didn't feel like dealing with it. The Jesuit J. Hubbard, professor of the Catholic theology, wrote, quote, Here is a proven fact. The constitutions of the Jesuits repeat 500 times that one must see Christ in the person of the Jesuit general, end of quote. Oh, my gosh. If the Jesuits are a crypto-Jewish order that hates the Roman Catholic Church, as alleged by Torrell, why would it become a priestly order within the Church and become the greatest defender with extreme oaths of obedience to the Pope? Because the Roman church offers the Jews an ideal cover from which to wage war against Christianity. This is evident by the fact that the Jesuits virtual control of the Council of Trent which produced anathema after anathema against Bible-believing Christians and fundamental Christian doctrine. The same Jesuit organization, however, opposed the Inquisition. Why? Because the Inquisition, in part, was initiated to root out crypto-Jewry inside the Catholic Church. 
Of course, an organization found and controlled by crypto Jews would oppose the strategy that would express its own Jewish core. The hierarchy of the Orthodox Jews hate Gentiles. Obstinately, Gentile organizations like the Roman Church offer an ideal front from which to strike against the hated Christians. That is why God referred to the great harlot of Babylon as mystery. In quotes, the Roman Church appears to be to the world to be a Gentile religious organization, yet it is it, 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 it is to its core Jewish. As long as the Roman Church does the bidding of, of the Jews, they will defend it. Once the Roman Church is no longer useful, it will shed it like a snake sheds its old skin. It seems that the Jews have the destruction of Rome, Roman Church, all planned out. The following is a passage from the Protocols of the Learned Elders of Zion that seems to foretell the destruction of the Vatican by the nations of the world. When time comes finally to destroy the papal court, the finger of an invisible hand will point the nations towards this, church, this court. When, however, the nations fling themselves upon it, we shall come forward in the guise of its defenders, as if to say, ex- this save excessive blood. But this diversion we shall penetrate to its very bowels and be sure we shall never come out again until we have gnawed through the entire strength of this place. This this is very similar to the prophecy found in the book of Revelation. And the ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast, these shall hate the whore, and shall make her desolate and naked, and shall eat her flesh, and burn her with fire. For God hath put in their hearts to fulfill his will, to agree and give their kingdom unto the beast until the words of God shall be fulfilled. A woman, and the woman which thou sawest is that great city which reigneth over the kingdoms of the earth. Revelation 17, 16 through 18. The horns of the beast are ten kings on the beast that is being ridden by the great harlot who sits on seven mountains, the Vatican. Revelation 17, the protocols have set forth the planned destruction of the Vatican. The protocols seem also to have provided for the entrance of the Antichrist. Quote, the king of the Jews will be the real pope of the universe, the patriarch of international church. In fact, the Jesuits, the great defenders of the Catholic faith, have actually exercised their power to undermine the authority of the church and bring it to its knees. The reason the Jesuits retaliated against the Catholic church was that the Jesuits were at one time dissolved as a Catholic order because of their subversive conduct. The subversion of the European nations by the Jesuits became so great that the immense amount of military and political pressure was brought against the Pope by the European nations. Finally, Pope Clement the Thirteenth decided 
on the 3rd of February of 1769 to dissolve the Jesuits. While the Jesuits were under the oath of allegiance to the Pope, the oath is secondary to their extreme oath of allegiance to the Jesuit general. I do further promise and declare that I will have no opinion and will of my own or any mental reservation, whatever, even as a corpse or cadaver, but unhesitatingly, unhesitatingly obey each and every command that I may receive from my superiors in the militia of the Pope and Jesus Christ. The night before Pope Clement fifteen was to execute the dissolution. However, he suddenly fell ill and died. Prior to his health, he cried out, I am dying. It is a very dangerous thing to attack the Jesuits. His successor, Pope Clement Fourteenth, was also put under tremendous political pressure to dissolve the Jesuits. But he resisted doing so for three years until the political tension finally forced his hand. Pope Clement XIV issued a papal brief of, of dissolution, Dominicus Ac Redemptor, on August 16th, 1773. Pope Clement XIV knew the significance of such an act to the papacy, examined, he exclaimed, quote, I have caught off my right hand, end of quote. In addition, Pope Clement XIV knew that by signing the brief dissolving the Jesuits, he was signing his own death. Soon after signing the brief of the letters ISSV appeared on the palace wall of the Vatican. Pope Clement XIV knew what it meant and explained that it stood for in September Sarah Vacanti. Well, I don't know if I've said that right. Which translated means, in September, sea, the sea will be vacant. The Pope will be dead. Pope Clemens XIV was poisoned and died on September 22nd, uh, 1774. And of course, that would make sense why the like, Jesuit Pope showed up around that same time last year, huh? Increasingly, it was just three years after Pope Clement XIV's suppression of the Jesuits that the subversive organization, the Illuminati, was purportedly founded by a trained Jesuit named Adam Weishoff in 1776. Well, at the same time, it seems like the uh, Jesuit general, uh, Ricci, was over here creating the country that we live in or corporation that lived in Weihoff, was a Jew and a professor of canon law at Ingolstadt University, which was a Jesuit university in the center of the Jesuit counter-reformation. Alberto Rivera, a former Jesuit priest, stated that the occult Illuminati organization was not founded by Weishoff, as many believe, but in fact was established long before Weishoff. The Illuminati is, in fact, a reincarnation of the ancient Al Lombredos. Al whose one-time leader, Ignatius Loyola, the founder of the Jesuits, 
The Illuminati was established by Lorenzo Ricci, the Jesuit general in 1776, who used his disciple uh, Adam Weishoff as a front man for the new organization, which was really not new at all. The Jesuits, having just been suppressed by the Pope in 1773, found it necessary to establish the Illuminati, which was an alliance between the Jesuits and the very powerful Ashkenazi Jewish banking house of Rothschild. The purpose of Weishoff initially was to avenge the papal suppression of the Jesuits by rooting out all religion and overturning the governments of the world, bringing them under a single world government control, uh, controlled, of course, by the Illuminati under the authority of their God. The world government is commonly referred to by the Illuminati as the New World Order. The God of the Illuminati is Satan. Eric John Felt, in his book, Vatican's Assassin, explains, there 41 years between their suppression in 1773 by Pope Clement XIV and their reestablishment by Pope Pius VII in 1814 were absolutely golden for the Society of Jesus. For the sons of Lyol punished all their enemies, including the Dominican priest, perfected the inner workings between themselves and Freemasonry, created alliances between the House of Rothschilds and establishing the Illuminati, punishing and absorbed the Knights of Malta. They used the Orthodox Catherine of Russia and the Lutheran Frederick of Prussia to conquer and divide Poland, rending the Pope's bowl of suppression of no, no effect in the Roman Catholic land, they caused the French Revolution, beheaded the Barbon King and Habsburg Queen as punishment for being expelled from France and Austria. With Napoleon, the, the Freemason, they drove the Barbons from their throne in Spain and the Barganzas from their throne in Portugal. They even attempted to take Palestine from the Muslims like the Crusaders of old. Uh, the company's most important victories were both religious and political. They, de they deeply penetrated the Russian Orthodox Church and the German Lutheran Church. It's Tobingen uh, University especially. Uh, politically, they took control and crown of... Uh, of the crown in the Bank of England. For this reason, England, with uh, Viscount Palmerston, would never go to war with France again. It would conduct the Pope's opium wars against the people of China. It would conduct the Pope's opium wars against the people of China, just like the company with a CIA a mafia commission is presently under is con conducting a massive drug trade against the heretic and liberal people of the American empire the jesuits also captured the papacy with the vatican along with its landed church properties the world over for this reason the papal caesar occupying Satan's 
sacred office of the papacy would never suppress the Society of Jesus ever again. The secret Illuminati organization was the hidden guiding hand behind the brutal French Revolution 1787, during which 300,000 people were massacred and a godless orgy of violence. The rage by the Jesuits and their reconstituted Illuminati culminated in 1798 with the capture of the Pope himself. Napoleon's general, Bethiar, invaded Rome, took the Pope Pius the uh, sixth prisoner and held him until his death. The Roman Catholic Church had learned its lesson on August 7th and 1814. The Jesuits were restored as the Catholic order by Pope Pius the seventh. John Adams wrote to Thomas Jefferson in 1816, quote, I am not happy about the rebirth of the Jesuits. Swarms of them will present themselves under more disguises ever taken by even a chief of the Bohemians as printers and writers and publishers, school teachers, etc. If ever an association of people deserved eternal damnation on this earth and in hell, it is the Society of Loyola. Yet with our system of religious liberty, we can but offer them refuge. And the quote, Thomas Jefferson answered Adams, quote, like you, I object to the Jesuits' reestablishment, which makes light giving way to darkness, end of quote. In 1835, Samuel Morris, the great inventor of the telegraph, echoed the concerns of Jefferson and Adams. He described the Jesuits and their threat to the United States as follows, quote, and do Americans need to be told what Jesuits are? If any are ignorant, let them inform themselves of their history without delay. No time is to be lost. Their workings are before you in every day's events. They are the secret society. They are a secret society, a sort of Masonic order with super added features of most revolting odiousness and a thousand times more dangerous. They are not confined to one class of society. They are not merely priests or priests of one religious creed. They are merchants and lawyers and editors and men of any of any profession and no profession have no outward baggage in this country by which to be recognized they are about in all your society. They can assume any character that the angels of light, of angels of light, or ministers of darkness, to accomplish their great end, the service upon which they are sworn to start at any moment in any direction, and for any service commanded by the general of their order, bound to no family, community, our country by the ordinary ties which bind men and sold their life to the cause of the Roman pontiff. Quote. The concerns of Morris, Adam, and Jefferson were justified. Once being reestablished as a Catholic order, the Jesuits did not miss a beat. During the 19th century, they formed fomented revolutions throughout the world, attempting to bring the po- to power 
oppressive despots whom they would then control. They were at one time or another expelled from Russia in 1820, Belgium, uh, Portugal in 1834, the Italian states in 1859, Spain three times, 1820, 1835, and 1868, Germany in 1872, Guatemala in 1872, Mexico in 1873, Brazil in 1874, Ecuador in 1875, Colombia in 1875, Costa Rica in 1884, France twice in 1880 and 1901. They caused the Swiss Civil War in 1847. As a result, they were banished from Switzerland in 1848. Uh, up until the year 2000, the Swiss Constitution, Article 51, forbade the Jesuits from engaging any cultural or educational activity in Switzerland. In the year 2000, Switzerland ratified a new constitution in which Article 51 was removed. Those are just a sampling of the over 70 countries from which the Jesuits have been expelled from conducting subversive activities. The Jesuit subversion has continued to modern times, causing the Jesuits to be expelled from Haiti in 1964 and Burma in 1966. To this day, they are instigating communist revolutions in South America. The Jesuits' new brand of South American communism is known as liberation theology. Good job, Edward. Good job, Edward. You figured it out. And you put it in a way that I could not. The Jesuits have a long and sordid history of distorting moral obligations and practicing and advocating situational ethics. For example, God commands without exception that, quote, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor, end of quote, Exodus 20:16. The Jesuits, on the other hand, permit the use of ambitious terms or ambiguous terms, to mislead a judge and outright lying under oath if the witness makes a mental reservation. The Jesuits teach that if a young girl is pregnant, she may obtain an abortion if the pregnancy would bring dishonor to her or a member of the clergy. They do not stop there. Another Jesuit maxim states, quote, if a father yielding to temptation abuses a woman and she publicizes what has happened, and because of it dishonors him, this same father can kill her to avoid disgrace, end of quote. Sounds awfully like something out of the Talmud. That is not only because that is justification for murder. That is not only cause, that is justification for murder. The Jesuits further teach that, quote, a monk or priest is allowed to kill those who are ready to slander him or his community, end of quote. Immorality, immorality is not unique to the Jesuit order only. The doctrines of the Catholic Church allow for all sorts of situational ethics. Thomas Aquinas, the most influential source of economic and theological doctrines of the Catholic Church, stated that it is lawful and not a sin for a man to steal another's property in order to fulfill a basic need. Aquinas view was that all goods are community goods and therefore is not a sin to take another's property when you need it. 
That is, in fact, the official position of the Roman Catholic Church today, as expressed by the Second Vatican Council. Quote, If one is in extreme necessity, he has a right to procure for himself what he needs out of the riches of others, end quote. What is the authority for this ethic? It is found in the Talmud. In Ababa Bartha 54b, it states, quote, Property of the heathen is on the same footing as desert land. Whoever first occupies it acquires ownership. Compare that to the Eighth Commandment of God. Quote, Thou shalt not steal, end of quote, Exodus 20, 15. Furthermore, the Baba Kama 113b, it states that if one finds lost property, it must be returned if the owner is a Jew. However, if it's, if that owner is a Gentile, it can be kept. And boy, that I experienced that once personally from a Jew. It is to your own brother that you make restoration. But you need not make restoration to a heathen. The Jesuits are zealous persecutors of Christians or anyone who they view as an enemy of the Vatican. Jesuits take a solemn oath to destroy Protestant Christians and destroy any government that offers protection to Protestant Christians. They are the natural enemies of liberty. Their whole system is based on thoughtless, ruthless, blind obedience. Ignatius himself, writing to his Jesuits in Portugal, said, quote, We must see black as white if the church says so. End of quote. Jesuits are a subversive are the subversive ambassadors of the Catholic Church, bringing chaos and ruin to all nations they infiltrate. They believe that, quote, the Catholic Church has the right and duty to kill heretics because it is by fire because it is by fire and sword that heresy can be extirpated. Repentance cannot be allowed to save them, just as repentance is not allowed to save civil criminals. For the highest good of the church is the unity of faith. This cannot be uh, preserved unless heretics are put to death. And to quote, Alberto Rivera, a former Jesuit priest, was saved by the grace of God and came out of the Jesuit priesthood. The Jesuits made numerous attempts to kill him before he could reveal the secrets of the Jesuits. He survived the attempts of, on his life and exposed much about the sinister methods and motives of the Jesuits. Uh, Franz Werns, a Jesuit general from 1906 to 1915, stated that, quote, the church can condemn heretics to death for any rights they have are only through our tolerance. And these rights are apparent, not real, end of quote. Well, that's a really powerful statement. Again, the Jesuit general, Franz Wurtz, stated, the church can conduct heretics to death, condemn heretics to death for any right, any rights they have are only through our tolerance. These rights are apparent, not real. 
God, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord Jesus, rebuke the evil one and his minions and protect me and protect your saints, Almighty God. Thy will be done on in heaven and earth as in heaven. And hallowed be thy name. In the name of Jesus Christ, your only begotten, our Lord and Savior. Thank you, God. That view of heretics having no rights is very, is very similar to the philosophy of the Jewish Talmud. Sanhedrin 57b provides that if a heathen robs another or a Jew, the property must be returned. If, however, a Jew robs a heathen, the property does not have to be returned to the heathen. That's what happened to me. That section of the uh, Talmud also states that if a heathen murders another heathen or a Jew, the heathen should suffer the death penalty. However, if, however, a Jew kills a heathen, quote, there is no death penalty, end of quote. For example, Jewish rabbi Moshe Levigar, Lovinger was sentenced to a mere five months in jail by an Israeli court for an unprovoked cold-blooded murder in September of 1988 of a Palestinian shopkeeper, Hassan Salah. Prior to entering prison, Rabbi Lovinger was feted at a party by Israeli President um, Shame, Shame, Herzog. I can never pronounce that name. So it's Shame, Shame, Herzog, I guess. And Israeli Army General Zitzhak Mordecai. Rabbi Livinger was released from prison after only serving three months. Baba Kama 38a expressly states that Canaanites are, quote, outside the protection of the civil law of Israel, end of quote. Thus, Canaanites has no remedy against the Jews who ox gores the Canaanite ox. But if a Canaanite ox gores a Jew's ox, the Canaanite shall pay in full the damages. Yep. Professor Israel Shahank Shahak Shahank Kak I guess a Shahak explains according to the Jewish religion, the murder of a Jew is a capital offense and one of the three most heinous sins, the other two being idolatry and, uh, and adultery. Jewish religious courts and secular authorities are commanded to punish even beyond the limits of the ordinary administration of justice. Anyone guilty of murdering a Jew, a Jew who indirectly causes the death of another Jew, is, however, only guilty of what Talmudic law calls a sin against the laws of heaven, to be punished by God rather than by man. When the, victims, when the victim is a Gentile, the position is quite different. A Jew who murders a Gentile is guilty only of sin against the laws of heaven and not punishable by a court. To cause indirectly the death of the Gentile is no sin at all. 
Thus, one of the two most important uh, commentators on the uh, Shulhan Aruk, I guess it's Aruk, explains that when it comes to a Gentile, one must not lift one's hand to harm him, but one may harm him directly. For instance, by removing a ladder after he had fallen into a crevice, there is no prohibition here because it was not done directly. He points out, however, that an act leading directly to a Gentile's death is forbidden if it may cause the spread of hostility towards Jews. A Gentile murderer who happens to be under the Jewish jurisdiction must be executed whether the victim was Jewish or not. However, if the victim was a Gentile, the murderer converts and the murderer converts to Judaism, he is not punished. The Aminus the Amnimus the Am Animus, the animus by Jewish towards the animus toward, of Jews towards Gentiles includes the prohibition against giving medical treatment to Gentiles. Israel Shahak explains, quote, according to the Halakha, the duty to save the life of a fellow Jew is paramount. It supersedes all other religious obligations and interdictions accepting only their prohibitions against three most heinous sins of adultery, including incest, murder, and idolatry. As for Gentiles, the basic Talmudic principle is that their lives must not be saved, although it is also forbidden to murder them outright. So was Christ safe here to them that, that, that kill the body? But him that has the ability to kill the body and the soul. So if someone fear the Jew... Uh, especially if you're one of God's elect and you, they murder you, they do, you know, you'll have great reward in heaven. And they would pretty much damn themselves to hell anyway. So the Talmud itself expresses this and the maximum Gentiles are neither to be lifted out of a well nor hauled down into it. The Maimonides explains, the main Monides explains, well, as Gentiles with whom we are not at war, their death must not be caused. But it is forbidden to save them if they are at a point of death. If, for example, one of them is seen falling into a sea, he should not be rescued, for it is written, Neither shall thou stand against the blood of thy fellow. By, but a Gentile is not thy fellow. End of quote. In particular, a Jewish doctor must not treat a Gentile patient. Main Monides needs himself an illustrious physician is quite explicit on this. And as a reason, man. A Jewish doctor must not treat a Gentile patient. Uh, Main Monides himself, an illustrious physician, is quite explicit on this. In another passage, he repeats, 
the distinction between thy fellow and a Gentile, and it concludes, from this learn ye, that it is forbidden to heal a Gentile even for payment, end of quote. However, the refusal of a Jew, particularly a Jewish doctor, to save the life of a Gentile may, if it becomes known, antagonize powerful Gentiles and so put Jews in danger. Where such danger exists, the obligation to avert it supersedes the ban on helping the Gentile. Well, that's probably the reason why they run this country to help other people right now. Thus, Maimonides con- continues, but if you fear him and his hostilities, cure him for pay- payment, though you are forbidden to do so without payment. In fact, Maimonides himself was Sal- Saladin's personal physician. Saladin's he insisted on demanding payment, presumably in order to make sure that the act is not one of human charity, but an unavoidable duty. It is, however, not absolute, for in another passage he allows a Gentile whose hostility is feared to be treated even gratis if it is unavoidable. The whole doctrine the ban of saving Gentiles' life and healing him, and the superstition, or, or the suspension of, excuse me, and the suspension of this ban, is cased where there is fear of hostility. It is repeated virtually verbatim by uh, other major authorities, including the 14th century, Arbaha Tur. Uh, Turian, something like that, and uh, Kairos, Bayet, Yosef, and Shalham Aruk, I guess. Uh, Bayet, Yosef adds, Yet Yosef adds, quoting Maimonides, and it is permissible to try out a drug on a heathen if this serves the purpose. This is repeated also by the famous R. Moses Israel. Israelis? I don't know. It's I-S-S-E-R-L-E-S. Moses something. Israelis. On consen- the consensus of the Hellenic authorities is that the term Gentiles is the above doctrine referred to all non-Jews. That Jewish attitude towards non-Jews is the same attitude the crypto-Jewish Jesuits have towards Christians. Jesuit priests are subjected to certain, quote, spiritual exercises, end of quote, which were first devised by Ignatius Loyola during the spiritual exercise, the subject becomes possessed and controlled by a devil. This is true. But we imbue into him spiritual forces, which he would find very difficult to eliminate later. Forces must more lasting than all the best principles and doctrines. These forces can come up again to the surface, sometimes after years of not even mentioning them, and become so imperative that the will finds itself unable to oppose any obstacle and has 
who follow their irresistible impulses. Between 1569 and 1605, the Jesuits orchestrated no less than 11 plots against Protestant England, which involved invasion, rebellion, and assassination. Each is known by the leader of the treachery, Rydolfi, Sanders, and Gregory XIII, Campion, Parson, Duke of Guise, our guests, Alan, uh, Throgmorton, Perry, Baggington, Sextus V, Philip II of Spain, York, Walpole, Southwell, and Guy Fawkes. In 1586, the Baddington plot, the Jesuits, along with other Catholics, planned to kill a Protestant Queen Elizabeth I, placed Catholic Mary Stuart, Queen of Scots, on the throne of England, and bring England under subjugation of the Pope of Rome. That plot was discovered, and Mary was executed for her troubles. After the field Baddington plot, the Pope, in league with Philip II of Spain, planned to invade England and bring it under papal control. In 1588, Spain brought the, uh, the 136 ships, ships Spanish Armada against England. The sovereign god of the universe wiped out, whipped up a freak storm which devastated the armada and allowed England, with only 30 ships, to defeat the Spain, defeat Spain after an eight-hour sea battle. <clears throat> All praise and glory go to God. Our sovereign God, the sovereign God of the universe. Yes. And November 1605, Jesuit-led Roman Catholic conspirators planned to kill King James I and the entire English Parliament by blowing up the House of Lords. They placed 20 barrels of gunpowder under the House of Lords. The plan was to blow up the House of Lords when the Lords, Commons, and Kings and King were all assembled on November 5th, 1605, for the opening of Parliament. <clears throat> the plot, however, was discovered, and the conspirators were captured. To this day, that event is simply referred to as the Gunpowder Plot. November 5th is a national holiday in England commemorating the Catholic conspiracy and the gunpowder plot. <clears throat> the holiday is called, called Guy Fawkes Day. Guy Fawkes was one of the gunpowder plot conspirators. The Jesuit subversion of nations has caused 56 countries to ban the Jesuits, most of whom have since lifted the bans. In 1759, the Jesuits were banned throughout the, Pro the Portuguese Empire, in 1764, the Jesuits were outlawed in France, and in 1767, they were banned from Spain. On April 6, 1762, the French Parliament issued the following statements of arrest and indictment. Quote, I guess it's the, the, the said institute 
Jesuits is admissible in any civilized state as its nature is is inadmissible in any civilized state as its nature is hostile to all spiritual and temporal authority it seeks to introduce into the church and states under the possible veil of religious institute of a religious institute not an order truly desirous to spread evangelical perfection but rather a political body working untiringly to at usurping all authority by all kinds of indirect, secret, and divisive means. The Jesuits' doctrine is perverse, a destroyer of all religious and honest principles, insulting to Christian morals, pernicious to civil society, hostile to the rights of the nation, uh, the royal power, and even the security of the sovereigns and obedience of their subjects, suitable to stir up the greatest disturbance in the states, conceives and maintains the worst kind of corruption in man's hearts. All nations should learn from the experience of Protestant England and understand the threat that Rome and the Jesuits pose to any free country. Roman Catholic Church uses religious superstition to usurp the authority and undermine the independence of any state. King Henry XIII casts off the yoke of Rome and declared that he was to be the head of the Church of England. In May 1538, the Pope sought his revenge for separation of the Church of England from Rome. The Pope excommunicated all in Ireland who recognized the supremacy of the King of England and any ecclesiastical or civil, or civil power greater than that of the Roman Catholic Church. The events are recounted in the classic Fox Books of Martyr. Martyrs, plural. And that's probably a good place to stop. Okay. And we'll look at this second. Well, you know, some pretty rotten people in the world, huh? Pretty, pretty evil institutions. And Rome, the Jesuits, and Jewry, and, and the Talmud are right in bed with each other. Most people even know it. But it does make sense to me. I've always had some kind of spiritual conflict between the, the groups, those two groups. Like I said, I've always got a lot better with Muslims. Roman Catholics are Jews, and believe me, it wasn't something conscientious. It wasn't even something I was even thinking about. So I just never even noticed it. It could even didn't realize it really. It's only later in life that I started to realize that is the case. Fortunately, there's a few brothers in Christ that I can get along with. I don't know if I can get along with them personally, though. I mean, like one-on-one type of thing. But at least they have this format to do that, to try to get along with them. It seems like, uh, personally, uh, it doesn't seem to work out. Okay. Well, it's another recording. Uh, part 20 of The Greatest Lie on Earth. 
proof that our world is not a moving globe by Edward. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.